Well, well, well. Orchard, you glad you decided to hit play on another episode of What the Fumble? That's right, folks. Justin here to apply my sweet, crisp pun writing skills. As we start to get closer to episode 100, I just wanted to once again take the time to thank all of you who listen to the podcast. When it comes to fans, there are none more appealing than you. You are awesome to the core. We absolutely adore you. And you deserve a round of applause. On a serious note, though, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to us, a nice five-star rating or review on any platform is the only thing stopping you from being the true apple of our eye. So enjoy a juicy episode 91, an apple a day. You son of a bitch. <laughs> that was very loud in my ear. <laughs> mm. Del- what kind of apple is that? A plot apple. All right, Justin just given given like the one finger. Just give it a minute. It, looks, a minute. Like, it looks like a juicy apple. It's a good apple. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a good apple. It's uh an ambrosia. Ooh. Oh, of good. course. Those are good. An ambrosia. Very very biblical of you. Mm. Delicious. Miles' favorite apple? Um, don't have one. Fair enough. Have you ever uh, had an apple? You so, are Wells, after all. Yes, <laughs> no, no, I'm not even kidding. Uh, my girlfriend and I were at an apple orchard the other year, and we were literally picking apples. And I l- looked at the apple trees and all the different, you know, variations from tart to sweet. And I looked at my girlfriend and I looked at the, the apple tree and I said, hmm, I wonder if I still like apples. And I just grab one and do exactly what Justin just did. Just crunch. And I'm just like, hmm, I can still take it or leave it. <laughs> Some are better than others. I'm considering another bite, but I feel like we're either going to lose a lot of listeners or gain a lot of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we'll, we'll, it'll just be a shift no matter what. Yeah, that's people true. Holding out 91 episodes till our ASMR episode. And it could be a thing. As opposed to the other people who are like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I'm gone. Yeah, just like anytime there's an apple sound effect in this in this episode, Justin's gonna have to like stop, grab the apple, and be like, and Van Richten takes another bite. <laughs> Delicious. Well, is that a bite of an apple or Donald Duck? <laughs> uh yes. It's Donald Duck eating an apple. I'm glad you noticed it first try. Wow. Wow. Damn. You're 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 very good at this voice acting thing. Oh, I'm the best. What can I say? <laughs> Colin, favorite apple? Favorite apple? Um, basic bitch, uh I'm a honey crisp fella. That's honey my favorite fella. too, honestly. Yeah. Ambrosia is what I have today, but honey crisp is the go to. It's the go to apple. They're just so sweet and usually enormous. And like so like crisp. Mm. I 
I didn't, I, I forgot it was called a honey crisp and I was like, it's so crisp. And now I'm cringing at myself. They're delicious. Out. It's okay, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and we've come full circle. David? Uh, I definitely like, I don't know the names of different apples. I just know I like them really tart. A nice tart apple. Yeah. Mm. I know that's where I lean on the spectrum, but I, I couldn't give you an informed like, oh, I know that this kind of apple is tart. So it's this one. I just know I like them tart. Like I think the Granny Smith. Yeah, the Granny Smith. Is, that, yeah, I was thinking tart. Granny something was coming to mind, but I didn't want to seem like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Granny something. Yeah, Don't yeah. take that out of context. <laughs> I, I love grannies. What? <laughs> hey, once you go gray, there's no other way. Oh, <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. All right. On Adam, that note. Adam, talk about apples again. <laughs> Best apple, the big apple. NYC, baby. No, I've never been. Um, apples eating, Macintosh. Mm. Apples drinking, hard apple cider. Fair. Mm. We have Fair. lots of local good cider, so I prefer my apples in a liquid and alcoholic version. We do have a lot of good ciders in this area of the world. Yes, actually, I was actually going to ask that question, was do different kinds of apples yield different kind of ciders, and is it a detectable difference? Uh, yes and yes, I would assume. Actually, they're the uh, cidery that I met uh, my partner at. She, they had their main batch. They actually did uh, a special order that it was when Hur- Hurricane Dorian, I think, came through, knocked a ton of apples off of everything. So between them and a few other breweries, uh, they gathered everything up from the, the New Ross area and just like, hey, do you have apples on your uh, property? We'll just take them. And they made a special, um, you know, hurricane batch of cider that was certainly different from their normal stuff. Hmm. Today I learned. That's hmm. it. Yeah. I know it makes a really big difference in like baking and stuff too. Like apple pie, huge difference. Oh, if you 100%. just use Granny Smith's, like you're you're doing it wrong. Doing oh. it wrong. Oh, you might get some flack for that. No, and a good good apple pie, like you you need a mix. You, what you need to do is get yourself like two of every kind of apple you can find, oh. and you throw them all in that pie. You get a few like hard ones for your consistency, mm-hmm. a few softer, sweeter ones to. Exactly. A couple of them in there that are almost going to, like, you know, melt. You got to have your mix. There we go. Now I want an apple pie. (laughs) One of the pies I have, in fact, been exposed to. I was just about to ask. (laughs) Yes, I have been exposed to an apple pie at least once, uh, courtesy of my own partner, and she is continuing to expand my palate into things that I should clearly, as a Nova Scotian, already have eaten. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No one's arguing with you there. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me like, about damn time. I, I like, wonder if she's, like, just trying to send a message, like, hey, Miles, you should eat more pie. Have you had any, any chowder? Have you had any diggy scallops? Uh, actually, no. Oh, wait, no. Oh, sorry. I just got it from, from Colin's mouth movements. Edit that out. It Edit was, that out. <laughs> it was a sexual thing. <laughs> okay, so one, who wants to play some D and D? Right, I'm ready yeah. to play some D and D. We can keep talking about apples. That's true. I would rather play pretend and listen to someone eat an apple. That's fair. We can talk about apples in game. Mm-hmm. Fair. Let's do it in game. Red Delicious, my least favorite apple. Just oh, really? throwing that one out there. I don't know why. Just it does. It's not that it doesn't do it for me. It does the opposite of doing it for me. It so just makes me unhappy. I'm right there with you. The yeah. Red mediocre. 
The real question is, does an apple a day keep the doctor away? Uh, uh, is it going to keep Van Richten away? If you throw hard enough, yeah. Let's find out and play some D&D. Let's do it. Let's play some D&D. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We're going to eat delicious apples. Van Richten and I are going to eat all of them. You guys are going to miss out. You're going to be so upset. I'm sure Lustre can eat a couple apples and maybe recover a few HP. <laughs> oh, geez. I didn't think of that. <laughs> no, I don't think this is like a game where wall chicken heals you to full. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You mean it's not like Breath of the Wild where I could just eat it off the ground and get like half a heart back <laughs> or a quarter heart? Maybe. Let's find out. Let's find out. That's my vote. You guys are currently in the middle of Van Richten's apple orchard. This fairly large area on the estate grounds. It's a fairly big orchard. And right smack in the middle of it is this massive apple tree. An ancient tree full of burls and... All kinds of twists and bends. The gnarled lad, as Van Richten referred to this tree as. And we left off with him kind of saying that you'll never find an apple that ever tastes any better than an apple from the gnarled tree. That this is the tree they use to spawn the entire orchard. All of the trees around all come from this one tree. And Van Richten plucks an apple off a limb, takes a big old loud, crunchy bite. What's that sound like, Justin? (laughs) Don't tempt me. (laughs) The juice is kind of dribbling down his chin, and he looks at all of you and offers you a bite. 100% yes. Yeah. Um... I, I like to think that Tess would have like plucked one as well, but if he's if he's offering, she'll just like take him up on that, chow down. You know, he sees you maybe eyeing one of the whole apples on a branch. Says, "No, by all means, take as many as you desire." Fantastic, thank you. I appreciate it. See, not everything here has to be so bad. And she walks right up, takes a little jump, and grabs the apple. Just digs in. It's amazing. Hell yeah. It's juicy. It's fresh. Crunch. <laughs> Ew, red delicious. Uh. <laughs> it's way more honey crisp than Hell red yeah. delicious. Nice. These these are amazing. See? Look, Lustra. You are worried over nothing. Um the fact that I could smell horse sweat, I still don't know where it's coming from. There's something weird with where we're at. So I'm going to reserve judgment and interact with as little as I can. If you guys want to, that's your own prerogative, but I'm not touching anything unless I have to. Troubadour had shared uh, the fact that he used divine sense and all that at the gatehouse, too. Eh? He told everybody, right? I used, yeah. I told... told um Everybody that, uh, oh, geez, what was his name? Casimir was the guy. You want to call him Renfield for for a second. Uh, (laughs) Casimir is, I said he was undead. And through, through, yeah. Um, That's the only spot I've used it. So that's the only thing I've been able to sense so far. But uh, 
Troubadour is going to at least attempt to get his own apple. Uh, and if he can't, uh, he'll ask if it's all right for him to climb the gnarled lad. Yeah, none are, uh, how tall are you? One meter plus armor and boots. <laughs> <laughs> none of them are quite within your reach, but Van Richten, uh, gives you the permission to climb this ancient tree. You shouldn't have any troubles at all. I remember doing it when I was a young lad myself. Plenty of hand and footholds. Oh, that's going to be super easy for me then. Uh, Troubadour will try and get some distance, climb up to the top of the tree, pluck his own apple. He's going to cut it first and look at the flesh before biting into it, though. You slice it open and... It looks like the freshest apple you've ever seen. It's perfectly ripe. Not a single wormhole. Nothing. Wormhole? <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> He's going to chat down on this apple like it's copper dragonborn blood. Slash <laughs> <laughs> uh, will go. He will quizzically pluck a, an apple from the tree. But before he bites into it, he's going to look around on the ground around him. Have other apples fallen? Are there any rotten apples kicking around? Absolutely, yeah. There's a few that don't look so fresh that were uh, yeah, ripe enough that they just fell off the tree. And all throughout the orchard, and there's you know, scores of other apple trees all around. And yeah, the ground all over the place is littered with apples. So no one's been tending the apple orchard then? No, it definitely doesn't seem that way. Hmm. Classic Miles trying to find a fermented apple for that cider. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Van Richten had uh, kind of mentioned to you last time, and just to refresh your memory, he says, yes, I, I have to admit, even, even once ownership of the estate fell into my hands, I... The orchard is simply not something I kept up with too much, focused too much of my attention on my herbalism and my healing. And my father was the same. It was our, it was my grandfather who truly loved this tree and made it possible for this orchard to be here. Do you think your ancestors would appreciate uh, these, an offering of these apples? You said you wanted to stop by the graveyard and, you know, pay your respects. Is your grandfather buried there? Yes, he is. In the mausoleum. Well then, um, did he, do you remember if he said there was a, a best place from the gnarled lad to get an apple, or they're all just perfect? As I've been picking them off this tree since I was a young boy, and it's I've yet to find one that did not please me. And he looks at Troubadour and says, I think your idea is a good one, Troubadour. I think it would be a nice gesture indeed. Perhaps you could toss down a few apples while you're up there. Troubadour will start playing catch with people. Deflect arrows. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it back. Ow! <laughs> Just spend all my key points beating Troubadour <laughs> in the forehead. Yeah, no, I, I'd say like half dozen... Yeah. Unless a there's a bushel, bushel somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's roll a D twelve. Four apples. <laughs> Alright. Um 
but from the, how much taller is this tree than everything in the orchard and the forests beyond? Uh, it's definitely the tallest tree in the apple orchard uh, by quite a few feet, you know, uh, maybe a good six, ten feet taller than any of the other ones. Uh, there are definitely some trees in the forest that are taller, like just, you know, different types of trees. Uh, as you're looking around, you can tell that, you know, what Van Richten is saying is very true. Like the orchard at one point would have been very well tended and very kind of in its, you know, very zoned. Mm. But now apple trees and uh, they're kind of mixing into the other, you know, they're, it's, the whole orchard is completely overgrown to the point that there's a few apple trees scattered throughout the thicker forest and. It's a hot mess, uh, this orchard. Nature, you're so beautiful. Troubadour's going to climb down and be like, all right, well, if we're done sightseeing, I think we should get on moving. Slash will pick up a few um, uh, rotten apples as well, knowing that Thane, the uh, Casimir's dog, prefers those mm. of the rotten variety. And he'll pocket, you know, he'll pocket two or three of them. Very good. Yeah, Thane. Or we could just find, like, a mediocre performer and just, you know, have at her. (laughs) Troubadour starts doing his type five. (laughs) I've already spent all my key points, Troubadour. (laughs) Where to next, then? I think Lustra is wise to say we should proceed with caution. This gnawed lad, even the apples, it all seems... Very, very real. But, as Troubadour has said, something he is not right at all. I have a theory, which will probably be proven wrong, and I look forward to that. You had nightmares, not daymares. It's daytime. This place is pristine. Maybe a few things could be happening. Maybe this is actually a nice, benevolent, benevolent, beneficial, one of those bevs. (laughs) <laughs> this bevy place is uh, maybe something like when you found uh, that Madame Rava in the mist. Or uh, you know, maybe this is a nice spot and something is keeping this here for him. If, if what you were telling me in that two days of uh, exposition I received <laughs> uh, and you were brought from the material plane, you know, what good thing was seeking you out or if it is a bad thing what better honey crisp pot to have than to bring you in here with something like this so if it was nightmares that were getting you i'd like to find a good spot to be when the sun goes down that makes a lot of sense slash nods i am concerned about what casimir said though he said that Van Richten and his family were due back in two days, and Van Richten's memory was when they arrived, the entirety of the staff had, and then she holds up big air quotes, retired or mo- or quit all at once. Well, maybe that thinker pierced a veil through the material plane to find Van Richten before. I don't know exactly when his nightmare started, but maybe piggybacking on that or a a similar psionic power could have been cutting through to him 
sending him these visions. It can either be, you know, torture, or maybe it's since that channel was opened, maybe these people have been crying for help ever since, and it's only now that they can get through to him. Well, I think what we need to do is go to the Richton house proper to see if we can get any other idea or to see what the center point of this domain is that's keeping the mist at bay, that's keeping things picturesque. I feel like that's the most important thing. And look cautiously over to Van Richten. You've been plagued with these nightmares for God knows how long. I mean, are you ready to face them head on by visiting the house? He uh, looks a little bit distracted and kind of snaps to again, as, uh, as it would seem, as if I don't have much choice, do I? I still would prefer going to the cemetery first and paying my respects, as I always have when arriving to this estate, but I do understand if you would prefer I do not do that. Well, you're the lord of the manor, as it were. I'm willing to defer to what it is that you would like to do. If we want to head to pay your respects, that seems fair to me. I just think that we should maybe be a bit more pointed in that I, we need to discover or at least look at what's going on inside the house, because I feel like that's going to give us more information. I would have to agree with your ranger instincts. As much as this might seem familiar to you, Van Richten, this has been many years since you have arrived here. I think it prudent that we treat this place as anything less than hostile would be foolish. Well, the cemetery is on the way to uh, to the house anyway, so what's a little tangent? It's not reading books for two days or anything. hey <laughs> You can see sort of Slash, sort of, you know, his eyebrows narrow, uh, or sorry, his eyes narrow, but <laughs> he no he nods. Surely a small detour wouldn't hurt. However... In the interest of tactical superiority, we are surrounded, this estate is surrounded by walls and seems to be bordering, from what I understand, a lake, an ocean? Yes, the Lake of Apples is on the northern side of the property. And Van Richten kind of uh, explains the property layout to all of you in character, and I'll let you guys, the players, kind of take a look at the map here mm -hmm. so that we all kind of know our options. The cemetery is kind of like, it's oh. a little further uh, than the house. Okay, that's like on the entire other side of the property. Yeah, if you take the road, though, like there's this fork in the road that makes it kind of the same distance as the house, technically, uh, if you stick to the road. Fair. Oh, yeah, and there's like that little break in the trees... There that is, looks like yeah. it might be a shortcut to the back of the house. So from the apple orchard, you could exit out uh, from the same way you came in and like double back, go back towards the gate. That's how you'd get to like the main road, the uh, carriage house, stables, the gatehouse, all that. If you exit from the west side of the orchard, though, there is uh, some paths that lead to the Van Richten house. Is we could take a shortcut to the house, yes. We could walk through the White Rose Gardens and... Oh, I mean, I want to do that for anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Keep going. 
Well, that's that's one option. I mean, you guys are looking at the map too. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that just sounds like it would be a beautiful place to hear described. So, I mean, I want to go to the cemetery first, but like my vote is Rose Garden <laughs> just to... I want to go there some point before we go back into the mists, okay? Is that all right? Speaking of the mists, we do have one large problem, which is we came here through the mists because we had a mist talisman that we had from the Black Tower that we then thought would take us to where we wanted to go. Now that we're in a new area, I'm sorry, Lustra, what was the range on your detection of mist talismans? About a mile. About a mile. Surely we are within a mile of everything within the estate. Perhaps finding if there are any mist talismans hidden within the manor might be prudent. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, Richtenhouse seems to be the central location of the entire thing, so if you hit it up when we were there, you'd probably have a radius of the entire property, or most of it. Oh, I'll go and do my thing when we get there. Um, but we'll go in through the, I'm a bit reticent to go through the Rose Garden because if everything's as overgrown as it is, is that shortcut even viable now? Oh, right. I would rather stick to the roads to be safe. As far as sticking to the road goes, just like, so that everyone else, uh, who can't see the map knows your options, sticking to the road would mean eventually coming up to this little spot here on the map, guys, in the southwest corner. Van Richten explains to you that that building is the groundkeeper's cottage. like the Right, where Joseph lives? Joseph is the head servant oh, right. and lives Sorry. within the house. Uh, but there's a groundskeeper's cottage uh, on the southeastern side of the estate. If you continue on the road past that cottage, the road forks, and if you follow the right fork, it goes to the Van Richten house. If you follow the left fork, it brings you to a second fork. Nice. Uh, And the second fork, if you go left, it's cemetery. And if you go right, it takes you to the boathouse that uh, houses... A little boat that they use to traverse the Lake of Apples. Van Richten says there is a small little island in the middle of the Lake of Apples that I would often row out to as a child. My sister and I would have little picnics. Oh, this sounds so wonderful. Did you have any neighbors that shared the lake? Or was it strictly a Van Richten estate? No neighbors, aside from those in the town proper of Rivelis. No, we're miles away from anyone else here in the Van Richten estate. Cushy. <laughs> There's something to be said for privacy. Um, well, I vote for taking the main road and heading towards the cemetery next. Me re- too. I read in a book somewhere, stay on the road if you wish to grow old. Because it's boring or you're alive? Because it's a measure of safety, yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I guess in in that case, we'd best go show, pay our respects to Venerton's ancestors and move on. Um, one moment. Uh, Tess will just walk over to the gnarled lad, just place her palm 
directly on its uh like gnarled burrs uh and close her eyes and just say thank you for providing a bit of happiness to him he needs it and uh she'll walk back to everyone and give two thumbs ups take another bite of apple um, um, um. off to the cemetery via the road so we're doubling back mm-hmm. and headed to the main road, which goes according to plan. I'd say you get to the gatehouse area, like the carriage stable area, at about 8.30 a.m. Okay. All right, the 24 vibes are coming mm-hmm. back. Inside, through the windows of the gatehouse, you can see Casimir is still in there and he is actively you can see in one hand he's holding a dustpan and in the other hand a broom and he is cleaning up all that dust and the shavings the wood shavings that were on the floor and you keep walking by yeah Mm -hmm. no reason not to yeah i'm convinced that these like whatever ghost nonsense is happening like the the place itself has been aging for 40 years, but these people have just come back into reality, right? Like, right now. Suspended animation slash stasis? Oh, no, they're all dead. I'm, I'm, yeah, I feel like I'm, someone, whoever's trying to fuck with Van Richten's head by sending him, like, nightmares of his home is, like, just replaying the most horrific event that has happened at his home as well. I mean, minus finding his wife dead upon arrival. The second most horrific thing. Like, the most horrific thing in his childhood. That's fair. They gotta lead up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's just just a feeling. Well, let's see. After a quick sniff around the groundskeeper's house. Or a combat. I I sniff. Is there any more horse sweat? (laughs) (laughs) So you guys make your way down... The main road, about halfway to the groundskeeper's cottage. Uh, it takes you maybe about 10 minutes to get this far in. To the north, you can see there's another, not quite a path, but a clearing in the forest, a clearing in the woods that leads up towards, towards Van Richten's manor, according to him. The clearing is filled with really, really tall, overgrown milkweeds. Just a completely overgrown field of milkweed. And Van Richten said, this is another shortcut to the house, but it appears to be quite overgrown as well. Interesting. Um, So, Colin doesn't know much about milkweed, Um. Would that have been like an herb or whatever that is that Van Richten would use in his herbalism, or is milkweed more of like a just a, a random thing that exists? A weed, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like dill weed is tasty. Ah, many indigenous tribes applied milkweed sap for wart removal and chewed its roots to treat dysentery. Hmm. It was also used in salves and infusions to treat swelling, rashes, coughs, fevers, and asthma. 
Well, there you go. Van Richten says exactly that. <laughs> yes. Mostly wart removal. And- <laughs> wow. You sounded very much like a, a combination of Troubadour and Lanara right there. I'm just getting those vibes. Um, but uh, I read it in a book called Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Slash writes that one down. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds hot. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Um, Tess, wanting to confirm or have some more information on her suspicions, would look to Van Richten and say, "Is since this has medicinal properties, is this something you would have tended while in your stay here, or is this also just a a, a place where it naturally grew?" I never let it. Get out of control, always tended it at least enough that the milkweed would thrive and nothing else would get in its way, but fair, it I guess. certainly wasn't this overgrown. No, this is completely out of control. Um, is there a check that Slash can do to determine the age of the milkweed? Like how old it is? Step on my toes, but yeah, that's exactly what I want to do too. Yeah, nature check. Nature check, hey. Thank you, Jack of all trades. Well, it's milkweed, all right. I got a, I got a natty one, which means I got a five. Ooh. Yeah, you're. It's hard to tell. It's just so overgrown and such a mess that it's just hard to tell. Mm. But I mean, even with that, I mean, it's overgrown enough. It, it's at least been a, a full season plus. You know. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Cool. If we continue down the road, we'll, we should arrive at the groundskeeper's cottage in a, about another ten minutes. Cutting through here would, a long time ago would have only taken ten minutes to get us to the house, but it looks like it would take at least twenty to thirty through all that overgrowth. Makes sense. All right, now we, we said we were taking the road to get more old, go to Jupiter to get more stupider, and then to the to the cemetery. No, right. it's keep to the road, keep safe. If it takes a bit more time, I think we're okay because Booster looks up, uh, looks to be around about quarter to nine ish. <laughs> I think we've still got plenty of time, but if if it starts to get later in the day, then maybe we'll be a bit more brazen with cutting through the woods and such. But I don't think we're there yet. Do you recall the name of your groundskeeper? Please be Willie. Please be Willie. <laughs> <God>. Billy. <laughs> no, in all honesty, but I did not remember Casimir's name either. I was very young that day that my father told me to stay in the carriage. And in my later years, I barely came back to this estate. I, I personally never had a groundsman. Slash nods. All right, well, I mean, if if we run into them and they think that you are a five-year-old boy, they'll probably introduce themselves anyway. I'm all for walking past the house, not investigating, just keep on our merry way to the cemetery. Is there any information that a groundskeeper could have that would be important to our current venture? He would clearly know the grounds, know its layouts, know its flora and fauna. Is that beneficial to us right now? Perhaps we carry on anyways, as you suggest. 
I want to yell at him for being bad at keeping the milkweed in check and the <laughs> orchards going to shit. That's fair. Uh, I'm still of the camp that we want to disturb as little as possible around here. So in the direction of the cottage then? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Another ten minutes passes, brings us to about five to nine. 8.55 a.m. There's this simple little cottage that's resting in a tiny dell that's surrounded by elm trees. Dirty white boards rise above an aged stone foundation. And two little windows peek out from the overhanging roof. To either side of the red wooden door are weed-choked flower beds. And you can see... Just a little bit of smoke coming out of the chimney on the roof. Just a little trail of smoke. Okay, he's making himself breakfast. And then hopefully he'll get to do his dang job. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit different, though. If Casimir was asleep for as long as we presume, this one clearly is already awake. He's, Casimir did say he was going to get up at 7 o'clock. We interrupted his... You know, nap as a routine. Also true. Those wood shavings weren't covered in dust. Yeah, you ran into Casimir. It was uh, not even 7 a.m. yet. Yeah. Uh, It is now about 9 a.m. Actually, on the note of what Troubadour just said, would we have noticed if the wood shavings were covered in dust or would, would they have been fresh? Or, I mean, I guess we didn't really look into it. Yeah, didn't really look into it. It's just an afterthought, unfortunately. Darn. Oh, well. Once again, I go back to, is there any possible information a groundskeeper could have that would be beneficial to us right this moment? As it stands, nothing immediately comes to mind. Personally speaking, I feel like the manor is of deepest interest. However, I can also appreciate the importance of a cemetery. A groundskeeper's home is exactly that, a groundskeeper's home. A cemetery may have information about people long past, perhaps other things within graves, not that we're grave robbing. But given the state of affairs with the mists, it may not be out of the question. Once again, I'm more eager than anything else to have Lustra assess this place for any mistalismans. So, to the manor is my vote. However, I'm amenable to the cemetery as well. I think we're going cemetery. I think it's already been decided. We've already voted. Yeah, plus, when it comes to the groundskeeper, I'm sure Van Richten would know anything the groundskeeper would anyhow at this point. So, I think we should continue on to the cemetery. I'm way faster than all of you. Oh, sorry. Test voice. I'm way faster than all of you. Uh, if you want to keep going, I just, I just want to look in the window, see what he looks like. I just, chances are the other shoe is going to drop. I'm not an idiot, but I just want to, if something horrid and undead is making, has taken the shape or the form or of these people who used to work here or these people who used to work here are still undead, I just want to know who to look out for. It's not a bad idea. You three go ahead. We'll catch up. I'll stay here. 
so we're not solo. Yeah. And she gets disappeared. Yeah. I literally just want to, like, sneak up to one of the windows, look in the window, see if I can see, like, get a gauge of what the person and the interior looks like, and then rejoin everyone. All right. So let's start that off with a stealth check. Sweet. Cloak of Elvenkind goes up. Thank goodness the they haven't been mowing the lawn. Would you say that's uh, mild foliage? Mask of the Wild. Oh, I can absolutely. go invisible. It's super overgrown out here. Hell yeah. So uh, wood elves can use the hide action even when they're not like completely obscured. Like I just need to like have, I can be like, I have my own ghillie suit. Uh, <laughs> um, oh. So 20, f- uh, 25. Um, <laughs> Thank God for that advantage. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that in that one. Um, but the other one's an 18, so 25 on stealth. So Tess just kind of blends right in with the overgrowth. I love that. That's pretty cool. Becomes nearly impossible to see. Give me a... I am one with the weeds. The weeds are with me. (laughs) Hmm. Give me a perception check. All right. Little peek. Less good, 10. The windows are kind of dirty, pretty grimy, but you can see through them enough to notice that inside there is very large, like a very big, powerful looking man with dark hair. Looks to be cleaning up after breakfast. You can tell he's got his boots on. Looks like he's... uh yeah, finishing up his uh, chores at home for the morning. Looks like he's going to be heading out of here fairly soon. All right. Um, well, honestly, big, powerfully built men seem to be the uh, the kind, the flavor of the Van Richten household. Um, so I don't think I want to antagonize these people if possible. I'm just like, do we kill him and get it out of the way? Whoa. <laughs> I'm just saying if this dude's undead and something horrible is going to happen, I'm just like, these people are going to show up and try to eat our faces. If we can, if we can like focus them down one at a time, they won't, maybe they won't come back. I don't know. But, uh, Tess has gotten what she, what she came for, I guess. And she'll scoot her little way back to, uh, to the road. A uh, high five troubadour. and um and catch up with everyone else all right catch up with the rest of the group catch them up on everything yeah there's i you know what actually tess is going to say that the the flavor of servants in the van richten household seems to be large burly men so i guess it's probably for the best that we don't antagonize anyone that we can um but yeah it seems seem to be going about their daily business like nothing was out of the ordinary. I'm concerned, but I don't think there's a threat in that house currently. Not yet, anyway. Let's go pay our respects and find us some mist talismans. Mm-hmm. To the cemetery! To the cemetery. Another 
10 minutes pass. You know, I guess this is probably a good time. I should have given you guys this option sooner. Uh, but there is always the option to like run. If you want to double your travel pace, you know, that puts you guys at greater risk of, uh, not noticing stuff. Mm. Uh, easier to, for spooky monsters to get the jump on you, that kind of thing. Easier to, yeah, just not notice stuff. Uh, but Fair. you can cut the time in half if, uh, you ever decide you want to just sprint somewhere. Fair. Given that my move speed is, like, twice everyone else's, can I just, like, go on normal pace while everyone else runs? Well, so, I I feel like if it isn't broken, why fix it? Keep at the pace that we've been going at. It seems to be going just fine. Nothing is getting the jump on us. I think we're okay. If If it's coming down to Troubadour's thought about maybe things get terrible at night, maybe towards the later end of the day, maybe we might want to be a bit quicker about things, but we still have time on our side. Yeah, and I mean, if we're backtracking, um, if we were going at a normal pace, we would have spotted it on our way there anyway, so there's no reason to not just like pick up the pace when we're backtracking from wherever we're going if we're trying to do something else exactly cool so we'll hit the run button when we're leaving going back yeah cool very good so at a regular pace you start heading north from the cottage and make your way to the first fork in the road at this point, another 10 minutes has passed. David, what time are we at now? Uh, if it's 10 minutes to get to the first fork, it'll be 9.05 in the morning. So we're at 9.05 after the 10 minutes from the cottage? Correct. Because we reached the cottage at 5 to 9. This is the first point where you can see Van Richten's manor start to like rise up above the horizon. It's off towards the east, maybe a little five to ten minute walk down the eastern fork in the road. This big old three-story manor has got a lot of balconies, tons of windows and gables and a few spires, a lot of the, uh, a lot of like iron, uh, you call that lattice i think like on the rooftops Ooh, mm. very like nice pergolas there you go <laughs> yeah i'm still out of my element right now <laughs> a lot of nice pergolas it's very Pokemon? very victorian style you know like as as good as you could get during that era nice. this is as nice as nice you can buy fluted columns with uh Caps and bases filled with filigree. Oh my All right, God. we'll stop flexing. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, take inspiration. Do all of those things also look charmless and inhospitable or dreary? What? No, they look very ornate and upper class. Do they look possibly bleak? Oh, bleak house. Boo. Oh, boy. Hey. No, they look oh, fantastic. No. We're back in Dominia. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. But while you see Van Richten's house, 
rising up on the horizon to the east. At the same time, to the west, you can see a cemetery that is built upon this northeast hill of the manor. As you walk up that hill to reach the cemetery, there's white stones that dot the gentle slope of the hill. There's lots of elm trees that provide cool shade among the graves. You see the cemetery is closed in by a set of gates. And beyond those gates, there are numerous graves and two structures that stand out. Van Richten points to one and says that is the entrance to the mausoleum. Points to the other says that is the gravekeeper's shack. Should we expect to be greeted when we come up here then? I did not expect to be greeted at the gatehouse. Fair, fair, I guess. Uh, that was a silly question. But I guess what I suppose I should say is when you were a child, was there a gravekeeper? There's no, not that I can remember. The cemetery here on the Van Richten estate was here before my grandfather purchased the property. Oh. It is older than any of the other structures. We simply took the land over. And he kind of points to some of the scattered graves beyond the gates as many of the names I never have nor ever will recognize. Interesting. I'm... I don't know if I should be worried. Or are we, like, doing some, like, native burial ground shit right here? <laughs> it's like the Richton family cursed. Pet sanctuary. Uh, no. Big Victorian manor. You know... All kinds of Victorian and English-inspired architecture coming into a land that's clearly got all kinds of nature and the bounty involved. Like, I don't know, man. The symbolism speaks for itself. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, regardless, we have some apples to deliver. That's it. Let's keep going. Mm -hmm. Let's walk into that cemetery. Like he owns the place. <laughs> Gatehouse is a mimic. Into the cemetery, through the gates, on either side of the gates are these twin pillars that uh, kind of provide the frame to the gate itself. The name Van Richten is carved upon this rusty copper plaque. It's kind of green with age, much like <laughs> our good friend Lucifer Venari. <laughs> Hey, 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 I got, I got revert, my, my age reverted, but I'm, my complexion is probably still similar, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, just to elbow Lustra, friend of yours. <laughs> but yeah, beyond you see, say to the left is the mausoleum, and to the right is the gravekeeper's shack, and there are numerous graves scattered throughout the rest of the property. We're heading to the, the mausoleum as per tradition, yeah? Following, following Rudolph's lead, I'd, at least I am. Slash nods. You would absolutely be following Van Richten to the mausoleum. Curious about what kind of rituals he would do in this case. The mausoleum, then. The surface of the mausoleum, the building, 
is made entirely of marble. And it stands out quite a bit among some of these crumbling stone monuments scattered throughout the rest of the cemetery. It has a bronze door that is also tarnished with age. But the door looks sturdy and pretty secure behind its padlock that looks very locked. That's odd. I have never put a padlock on the mausoleum. To the bravekeeper's house to see if the key's there? Yes, perhaps. What is in the mausoleum specifically? Is it one grave, many graves? I would assume it would be for the the family, yes. all who have lived here. Yes, there are numerous tombs inside, most of the Van Richtens are within the mausoleum. Grandparents, parents? How many generations? Two. My grandfather was the one who purchased this estate. All right. Forgive my pessimism. I simply ask in the event that this was locked for a reason. I'm sure you can imply my meaning. However, I still think it necessary to open and... Pay what respects we may. Honestly, if the Richten house has been just on the outskirts of Rivalis for a while, perhaps just the... Before it was surrounded by mists, perhaps just the... It has been un, in, unoccupied for decades. The town probably just... Uh, I can't remember the, the word, but when it's not occupied for a certain amount. It's uh, boarded up and locked up just so people don't get in. Foreclosed? For that one. I mean, that's might be optimistic. I don't know. Maybe it's just normal bureaucracy and not horrible, horrible things. I'm going to go see if there's a key, and Troubadour's going to start trotting off to the gravekeeper's house. Okay. The gravekeeper's shack is this fairly simple wooden structure. Once you get a little bit closer, Troubadour, you realize it has a smell of freshly hewn pine boards. There's this iron tripod that's standing outside uh, about 10 feet away from the front door. It's uh, in a perched on top of the remains of a fire. Not too far from the door... There's also this rain bottle with a big, large tin dipper right next to it. The door is closed. Do you do anything outside before you go in? (laughs) I don't hear anything clearly. Perception. Ooh, 21. With a 21, no, you don't hear anything. You don't see anything either, but you do catch just the slightest little whiff of, like, the fire. Like, smoldering fire, although you look over and the coals are very cold. No smoke coming from the interior of the the house? All quiet here. What is this with this, like, residual scent shit? Hey, guys, there's more ghost stink. (laughs) Uh, actually, this is nicer. This smells like wood, not horse. I'm going in. 
I'm going to try and go in. Lustra will approach and provide overwatch and be about 10 feet from the door. Sure. Slash will be right behind Troubadour. Tess will stay by Van Richten's side. Just uh, probably some memories and stuff going through his head. Absolutely. So three of you run off to go check this gravekeeper shack out. Troubadour, inside the shack, you see five coffins that are lined up against the wall. There is one additional coffin that remains kind of half-finished. Its pieces are lying across two sawhorses and kind of propped against the workbench. Oh. There's sawdust covering the floor. Freshly hewn pine. I was like, did someone build something? It's, it's, it's coffins. coffins. I'm an idiot. That's what you see, the workbench, five coffins, a bunch of dust on the floor. What do you do? The five coffins that are fully built are, like, standing and leaned against the wall, closed. Okay. Troubadour will uh, quickly turn back and go, Hey, uh, does your gravekeeper live here, too? He, he didn't have a gravekeeper when... Okay. What's, what's in there? There's uh, five and a half coffins, and uh, there's no small coffins, right? Like this, <laughs> there's not like one just sitting at troubadour size. Like this is a weird premonition. I mean, thing. not to be that guy, but there is half a coffin. It's half <laughs> built. It's not. Oh, oh, yeah. oh okay. <laughs> half built coffin. <laughs> okay, fair. Clear distinction. I get a no. whole half coffin. <laughs> no, they could. They commissioned a really, really literal dude. I mean, just need like just, half a coffin. No, it's like a half, like the half the size of a person. So they need half a coffin. Got it. <laughs> so yeah, just like I. They're all the same size, by the way. All the same size. Okay, fair. Yeah, enough, but fair. there are five of us. Oh. I'm fucking nervous, man. Um, Salash so would like to search the grave shack for a key to said padlock. Yeah, sure. What part of the shack would you like to search? The coffins or the workbench? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the workbench. You sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Slash opens up the workbench. Inside, you find some nails, some screws that are kept in little wooden boxes. You also find a wooden mallet, a hammer, two hand saws, a plane, and an awl find it all baby Slash yep. <laughs> thinks to himself if there was ever a time to make steaks for vampires this would be the place <laughs> <laughs> maybe later um but no. clearly no keys all we need is troubadour and a super soaker man come on <laughs> <laughs> there's water nearby yeah um so, barring that, um, again, he's going to, before he goes to investigate the coffins, um, the uh, more intelligent side of, you know, survival instinct kicks in, and he thinks, I should have some backup for this. And he's going to sort of, you know, dart back out the door and just be like, Troubadour, Lustra, if I may borrow you. Yep. 
True door, like answers I mean, from inside. I was, I was standing at the first. door and here, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I feel like I feel like you would be in the door oh, no, frame calling. Out. That mean he just like called I, over you. I, like, I, heard, <laughs> I heard the thing you said about backup. Here, one sec. I'm gonna try and lift the coffin and see, uh, based on my recent uh, experience with uh, Baron Metis, if there's something in it or not. I'm sure, you made an athletics track. Okie dokie. Oh God, that's a twenty-six. Oh, <laughs> yeets the coffin through the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. Feels fairly light, but what doesn't? True. <laughs> there could be a Baron Midas in here. I'll never know. I'm just too great. Ah, life is so hard. <laughs> I shake it. Oh my! Like a kid on Christmas. It sounds like macaroni. <laughs> Anything loose? Any keys? Anything jump out at me? There's no rattling inside the coffin. Nope. <laughs> Slash rolls his eyes, and he'll just immediately go to open the coffin that Troubadour has. It's empty. Well, that's one empty. Slash will look to the next one. He'll make eye contact with the ranger and the paladin. He'll nod, and he'll open the second one. Empty. My turn. Third one. Empty. (laughs) All five are empty. No keys. Um, I guess... Uh, with Salash asking for assistance, um, Tess would have wandered over, and like the scent of like freshly uh, carved pine boards or whatever, um, that is like just coming from the coffins, or is it one of those weird ghost scents like Lustra's horse sweat? Horse sweat. Let's see how many times you can say that per episode. Uh, so you kind of want to like. I'm going to sniff the coffins and try to like get to the source of yeah. like a like a bloodhound. You're going to try to figure out where this is coming from. I mean, I'd assume that if it's coming from the the coffins that the scent would be slightly stronger than outside yeah, by no a, Yeah, uh, but yes, I am bloodhounding the shit out of this. I'm just trying to figure out if we should do perception or survival. I feel like it's more survival since you're trying to like follow the scent. Fair. Follow Fair. your nose. Survival's wisdom, yeah? Yep. Six. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. It does smell very nice. They should, like, they should take the, they should take, like, this smell and try to, con- like, consolidate it and put it in places that, that are less nice smelling. You know? Like. Do you want to make a little tree out of this and put it in the carriage? Well, I mean, that seems a little reductive. <laughs> 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 but I mean it could be the shape of a tree <laughs> Well there's no keys in here So I guess we try and pick the lock And try and get through the lock Well let's not be so hasty If this was the gravekeeper's shack Surely he had lived here to some degree Maybe he kept a diary or some kind of log Or we only check the coffins in the bench Is there sawdust on the floor? There is sawdust on the floor. Troubadour is going to get down on the floor and start shuffling around in the sawdust. Looking for Uh, the keys? keys. Uh, Also, um, everything in the gatehouse was, like, covered in dust and, like, aged and stuff. Um, These coffins, when Troubadour picked it up and shook it, like, 
were these freshly made air quotes like decades ago and just haven't been touched or were these like made yesterday uh like are they would dust have come off of these when he shook them like have they been sitting here or have like has someone been around to make these right now i get it the smell indicates that these were very freshly made the smell of pine it's fresh they look fresh yeah if someone told you that these coffins were made this morning, you'd believe it. Are there any footprints in the sawdust? Uh, either yourself or Troubadour, since he's down there, can make me a survival. Oh, I'm no good at survival. Yo. Uh, that is a 17. There is not a single footprint anywhere in this extremely dusty shack. And Troubadour, you don't find the keys. In, in any of the little sawdust piles. I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, not, Tessa's going to go back outside just so Van Richten's not alone. But she's going to be like, Hello? Is there anyone there? No answer. Uh, Van Richten's still there though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's still there. <laughs> yes, I'm here. Person hiding behind mausoleum says what? Damn, they're good. I mean, yeah, if, I I don't know, we have a mallet and, like, a bunch of carving things. Like, we maybe maybe we just bust the lock. I mean, it seems it's, old. It's not his lock, so that's fine. Yeah, let's brute force the lock, or let's try and pick it. If we can't pick it, then we'll brute force it. Pick it with what? <laughs> All right, I will take the, like, broken lock picks that I've oh, held on to since trying to open that fucking filing cabinet. All right, let's be grave robbers, and let's let's do a B and E on our mausoleum. Van Richten seems somewhat displeased by this idea, as I suppose, as long as we don't desecrate anything other than the padlock. I I mean, if if this is enough for you, as well, we came, we came here to pay respects. First and foremost, uh, you said the padlock's not part of the mausoleum, so I think that one's fair game. Break it. <laughs> nice. Uh, Troubadour's going to take some of the tools, like the hammer and the awl or something, and just try and break the lock. Can't complain there. Give me a, a strength check. 22. <laughs> I, I bite the lock open. <laughs> You're just so strong. The lock does not break. That oh. is not high enough. Damn. Hmm. This is rusted shut good. Troubadour just for half a second glances at Lustra's thigh and is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Gotta <Could> get some, <laughs> some dragon roids. <laughs> Gotta cut the habit, man. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like a drumstick? <laughs> Imagine it's like one of those Bugs Bunny cartoons where it's like, oh, he like <laughs> turns into a turns ham. into a ham. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could try the old tried and true. I uh, panic puke on it. <laughs> I get the feeling that'll splatter on the spots. Would you be okay with that, Van Richten? If I just used my acid breath to melt the lock? Yes, if you're willing to try. 
I mean, do I think we're kind of out of other options here because we don't have tools to pick it. And if Troubadour can't break it by force, nobody can. Yeah, I mean, if we have the time, she uh, Tess like touches the bones. Uh, I do have a heavily enchanted serrated thing. It would take a little bit, but I could probably saw through one of the little sections of the lock. But uh, I think this will be quicker. Oh, very fair. Tess will get out of splash radius. Get out of the splash zone. I'm going to hawk a loogie on it, an acidic loogie on it. Is your breath weapon. Mm-hmm. All right, just channel the first time you saw Rina and wanted to, like, say she was cute. <laughs> <laughs> Stan Marsh. Yeah, I was going to say Lustra, Stan Marsh, <laughs> Venari. <laughs> Some of your dribble lands in the ground by the door and sizzles and smokes. How much uh, damage did you do? Well, now that I'm at this level, I do 3d6 now. Oh, shit. 14 acid damage. Nice. Yeah, the lock is still intact. All right. I mean, maybe it's softened up. Like, Troubadour could give it another try. Tess could try sawing at the place that's most sizzled. Does it look damaged at all? Like, is this like a... Is this lock like just impervious to our attempts, or is there any progress made? Uh, There's been a little bit of progress. Yeah, a little bit of progress made. Just a really good lock. Damn. How long do you think it'll take to cut through? It's nine forty-five a.m. God damn it! (laughs) Uh, Ah, hmm. Okay, is it like can we pay our respects from outside, or are we? We're going in because like I'm I'm willing to just like take the time saw through whatever needs to happen or like get Troubadour like we could one of us could use the help action or something pick through Troubadour up and throw him at the lock so he has more leverage I don't know that depends on the good doctor I want to see if his parents are there while I'm not comfortable damaging this place I am also very curious to know what's going on. I, as a player, I, I want to see what's inside. Yeah. I want to see what's inside. Um, I think it's probably early enough in the day that we still have a little bit of wiggle room. Let's take the time to bust this lock, then. Let's bust yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Slash would Bustin also makes want me feel to make good. sure there's nothing behind us. So, All right. What's the next attempt, then? Uh, I guess my turn, unless Slash has some... Adam style ace in the hole that he just hasn't told anyone about for a million no, years. No, if, if I had the knock spell, I would have used it by now. All right, cool. Um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have at it with, uh, with the third girl bones on. She's just like, all right, you drunk son of a bitch. Let's do some B and E. Give me an attack roll. All right. 25. 25 is enough. You can go ahead and give me damage roll. Uh, so nine. Nine points of damage. It takes a lot of sawing. Say, with a 25, you do a pretty good job. But, I mean, you know, this padlock is she thick. Uh, and about 10 a.m. when you hear the metal snap and the thud of the padlock hitting the dirt honestly 15 minutes for a padlock without like a grinder like i'll take it mm-hmm. softened metal from acid so 
helpful. Tess is the grinder. <laughs> All right. I guess uh, Tess will take an apple, hold it up, and just say, "It's time we pay. We pay that respects." I'll go to open the door to this mausoleum. You open the door up. Cold air hits your nostrils. You see some marble stairs that descend into darkness. A darkness that we'll go explore next week. Oh, man. Oh, I don't want to fight zombie Richtens. Wait a minute, but everybody's got dark vision because we have those those goggles of dark vision. Still not Dan Richten. <laughs> oh, true. Crap. I don't even have my damn glasses. God damn it! <laughs>